Welcome to Balanced Black Girl, a podcast dedicated to mental, physical, and emotional health from the Black woman's perspective. Tune in to hear from Black woman health and wellness experts giving the approachable advice you need to help you feel your best. I'm your host, Lestrandra Alfred. Let's dive in. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Balanced Black Girl Podcast. I am your host, Les, and Balanced Black Girl is all about having a safe and supportive space to have candid conversations about health, well-being, self-improvement, and wholeness from the perspectives of Black women. And normally on this podcast, I interview Black women health and wellness experts from a variety of different backgrounds. And this episode is special because it is part two of the earlier episode that we published earlier this week continuing our conversation with the Brown Girl Jane team. So if you have not yet listened to part one, make sure you do that as well. We talked to Malika and Nia, sisters and co-founders of Brown Girl Jane, which is a really incredible, broad spectrum, high quality CBD company specifically for women of color. And in this mini episode, part two of that conversation, we are talking to Brown Girl Jane co-founder and chief brand officer, Ty Beauchamp. And we just had such a rich conversation. Like I absolutely adored this conversation that I had with Ty. In addition to being the co-founder and chief brand officer at Brown Girl Jane, Ty is an award-winning producer, TV host, brand consultant, and has a wealth of knowledge and expertise when it comes to marketing for women. She's formerly an editor for Harper's Bazaar, O, The Oprah Magazine, and Seventeen Magazines, and she departed from publishing in the earliest days of social media to leverage her vast audience platform to empower, educate, and entertain women of all ages. And what I most loved about Ty and loved about this conversation, I mean, I just told you just a couple of, you know, the things that she's done in her career, but she is someone who is so genuinely supportive of others, genuinely supportive of other women, and who is so intentional in everything that she does, which you will hear in this conversation. I really, really appreciate how with everything she does, she's very much anchored in her why. And we talk a lot about that. So I won't give too much away quite yet, but we just really had such a rich, rich dialogue about the importance of community and and building community. And even when you pivot and navigate through different parts of your purpose, always making sure that you stay centered and align with that why. And I have to say, I mean, even as someone who has been in the wellness space for quite some time, like following Ty on social media. She is also fitness wellness goals for me because she just has (laughs) the best habits and she has them down. So I know that you will enjoy tuning into this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. So let's jump into part two of this episode so that you can get to know Ty Beauchamp. Ty, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here to get to talk to you as co-founder of Brown Girl Jane and chief brand officer. 
it's just an honor to have you here. So for our listeners who may be just meeting you, can you let us know a little bit more about your background and how you came to this point? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. And to all of the listeners who haven't met me, hey there, excited to (laughs) meet your acquaintance and grateful to be here. So thank you so much, Les, for having me. I'm Ty Beauchamp. I was born in in Newark, New Jersey, raised in the oranges. I like to say more than anything, because bleeding with what I do professionally, I think isn't really a full scope of who I am. Who I am is a woman who believes in the power and the resiliency of women and want to see us live fulfilled lives. I'm a proud Spelman alum. And I share that with my co-founders of Brown Girl Jane, Malika and Mia, who are also Spelman alum. And yeah, I'm a daughter. I'm a godmother. I have seven beautiful godchildren, which is a lot and no children yet. So I got to get working on that. And yeah, I am a wellness and fitness enthusiast. And I am here to enlighten, inspire and empower women. And I've done that professionally. I've been fortunate to be able to align my purpose and my personal ethos and manifesto and mandate with what I do professionally. I've been a magazine editor. I helped launch O the Oprah magazine. That was my first job out of Selman College 20 years ago. And I was the beauty director at Seventeen Magazine, making me the first Black and youngest in history to have that title when I was 25 years old. I've worked in philanthropy. I've been an entrepreneur for 14 years. So even before joining Brown Girl Jane, I was an entrepreneur where I worked with brands and I still do work with brands to help them tell their narratives and stories in a way that is going to be inspiring and aware of social impact and social consciousness. I've had a couple of television shows and I produce TV as well. But most importantly, I think that I am a person who uses my platform and my voice and my resources to amplify conversations and to inspire, empower, and enlighten women. So yeah. So beautiful. And I love how you started by just giving us an introduction of you. I mean, you know, work is one of those things we all do it in some capacity or have had our own professional experiences, but I think not being defined by that and starting just with with who we are as individuals is just such a beautiful thing. And I love that you said that. Thank you. I also think it's a part of just recognizing that, especially during a time and climate like this, when so much is changing and so much is in flux and, you know, you have to learn to define yourself based upon who you really are, opposed to anything that is external to you, because that's going to change. I mean, even as I share my career trajectory and my journey, one of the things people always ask me is about how I've pivoted so hard and so often and so well. And it's not just because I was an all-state basketball player, which I was, but that's a different <laughs> conversation. You know, the reason the reason why I've been able to do that is because you have to learn how to be attached to the right things. And my attachment is my alignment to God and creator and why I'm here and on this earth. My detachments are to the things that are going to have ebbs and flows and that are going to change. And those are titles. Those are positions. Those are jobs and companies. I mean, even as we launched this company right now, we're six months in with Brown Girl Jane. What Brown Girl Jane will become in you know a year and a half is going to be something different. We're super focused right now. We have five products in the collection. We're super focused on building community. Who knows what it will be in a year and a half? It might, it might be a, a global network. You know, so you can't always be attached. You have to have vision 
over that and, and clarity over that, but you also have to have authority over the why. And I'm attached to my why. I'm not attached to my what or my how. I'm attached to my why. And I think that that's what really allowed me to pivot and have what externally looks like success. I like to call it achievement because I'm attached to my why. Mm, I got chills attached to the why. I just love that. I want to write that. Yeah, write, <laughs> I need to write that on my wall. Put it above <laughs> my computer so I can see it because that's so important to understand that why and to really care about our why. Yeah. Yeah, I'm attached to my why. And my why doesn't come from me. You know, I I don't like to project anyone else's kind of values or faith proposition onto them, but you have to figure out what that means for you and I ask the creator and God every day to use me. And that use is about my why, you know, because it, it can't be connected to the what or, or the how, because that's going to change. You know, my why today may have been speaking to, I just met one of my neighbors. I, I just moved into a new complex two months ago and I'm in this, this beautiful complex and I'm really fortunate, but I'm probably the only black person here and certainly one of the younger ones because it's a more seasoned community. I just met Miss Anne Marie, who was just telling me, I'm so tired of COVID. And she's probably about 65 years old, older white woman. And she's like, I'm so tired of COVID. She said, but you know, in Beverly Hills, they're out and they're on Cannon Drive and they're doing all the things and they're not wearing their masks. And I'm tired of this mask. I need a kiss. She said, my boyfriend's coming over tomorrow. Miss Anne Marie may have been my why. If it's enlightened, inspired, empowered, that, that may have been my why today. It may not necessarily be speaking to you, Les, which is amazing. But, and I'm grateful. But that may have been my why. And so I, I like to just operate in that space. Mm-hmm. What I love so much about what you just said is kind of the why in each day and seeing those opportunities to either enlighten, inspire, teach, support, and how that can change from day to day. But being in tune with that, I think, is so important. And especially right now, when our lives look different, we're very much out of our flow. Being able to find those pieces of why and how they fluctuate is so beautiful. Thank you. I mean, I'm I'm being very intentional about it. And it's not easy. It doesn't come without like chasms and, and difficulty, you know, also pressure, right? Because we want to be fulfilled in our why too. But I do find so much joy. And I feel like this amazing sense of gratification and hope and joy in myself when, you know, a why like that happens. You know, I got another why today, actually, that I just put in my stories. I think I'm going to put on my page. This dynamic speaker who I met through a leadership group by the name of Tiffany Montgomery, and she's also a minister of some sort, but she wrote in her stories today that eight years ago today, while I was doing my philanthropic work in Newark, New Jersey, I gave her her first speaking engagement. Meanwhile, this girl now leads a multi-million dollar conference. Wow. She literally wrote in stories that she spoke for the, her first speaking engagement ever was at the high school that I was working with. And I had her give the keynote address Wow! for their graduation. Those are moments of the why. Yeah. And that was like eight years ago, but like to connect to that is a reminder to me about why I'm here. I'm here to help shine light on other women, help make sure other young black girls see themselves you know, because her delivering that message to the girls in Newark helped them see themselves, but it also helped her start on a whole new path and a career journey. So, you know, I'm grateful for that. And I'm, I'm also super grateful. I don't take for granted that I'm able to do that professionally, yeah. right? I'm able to earn a living doing that. 
with Brown Girl Jane, with the other work that I do in terms of producing and consulting. So, yeah. Oh, I have chills from that story because it's things like that where you may have an encounter with somebody and it may seem small, giving her an opportunity to speak in that moment that has now unlocked and launched this beautiful new experience for her just from from one instance and really makes me think about how we approach one another in our daily lives and never knowing even a small interaction that you have with somebody, how it can help and support them. But that's the crazy part, Les, right? Because all of us have that power. I think part of the the challenge and the conundrum that we're in right now is everyone is looking for it to be this cataclysmic size, break the internet, shut down the gram type experience. That's not what it's about. That's like extraterrestrial bonus <laughs> that we don't need to look for if we're really connected to that why, because all of us have that divine power and that divine opportunity. I mean, in a, in a sad way, and this brings me grief to say this, you know, but as we think about this time and space in which we live, especially Black women, as we're fighting for our lives, right? You think about the lives that are lost, but how those lives that are lost, we don't want that to be in vain. So now we have to be active, right? And so there, there, there are small things and big things that can be triggers, but we can't always look for it to be like this existential kind of thing. It can be like these everyday moments. Absolutely. With everyday people mm-hmm. in your community. Yeah. Not on the ground, not in Hollywood, not with flashing lights. Yeah. And I, I love what you said about us all having the power to do that and us all having the power to have that impact. So even if you don't have a big platform or followers or whatever status, we all do still have the means to impact one another in one way or another. Absolutely. I always say like, you can't be too busy trying to get followers, but not be leading. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So many people, you know what I mean? Like, how are you leading in your everyday life? And one of my greatest accomplishments or compliments that I receive is that, you know, people say that I'm consistent. You know, I ask myself and I ask other people, are you doing what you preach when no one's looking like what are you doing when no one's looking and is it the same thing and is it consistent I mean that helps me sleep better at night in addition to my brown girl jane sleep temperature but (laughs) that helps me (laughs) yes that helps me sleep a lot better at night definitely and I'm also thinking about the other side of that I mean over the past probably month or so we've seen a really big push to amplify black voices where people are saying, you know, follow more black women, listen to them, buy from them and all of those things, which I love and is so necessary. But I've also challenged people, you know, like my Instagram got flooded a few weeks ago and I was like, so why are you following me? You're sharing my podcast in the description. Have you listened to it? Maybe share something that was a takeaway from something you listened Mm. to, to get a little bit more depth there. Because I mean, who knows, you could be following me and I could be talking about who knows what that's not helpful and really having that discernment also, and who we're putting our trust in and who we follow to lead us is also really important. I think we have to be careful. I think you're wise in that. I think we have to be careful about the regurgitation culture. Yep. Like where we're just regurgitating what was said and sharing what was regurgitated opposed to really absorbing and learning. But I think what is powerful and where the real opportunity is in this moment is to be intentional about learning and teaching 
I mean, this is like an educational basic in my family. I come from a family of educators. Like be intentional about teaching and learning. I think when we, we teach, we learn, when we feel and deal, then we can heal. And I, I want to believe that restoration and healing for us as Black people is coming. I would like to believe, as I said, that the lives of Brianna and Eric and Mar and George were not in vain. We, we have to be intentional in this moment. And it's not just for us as Black people to be intentional. It's for our global community to be intentional. And so, yeah. But I do follow you and I'm, I'm going to start listening to the podcast. I've heard so many amazing things about you even before I really knew who you were in this wellness space. I, I feel like I've seen your name a few times and your, your social is absolutely beautiful. But I also just admire one to see younger, not that I'm old because I'm really young, actually, like really, really young, like, like really young. <laughs> I'm trying to convince myself, <laughs> but like, <laughs> as a, as a, you know, as a young, younger seasoned person, but to see young women like yourself leading the charge and helping to bring the conversation about wellness or what we call at Brown Girl Jane wholeness, because wellness as an industry was not accessible to us as Black women. There was no Pilates and yoga studios in our neighborhood. We didn't have money to do that. And so we like to talk about wholeness and wholeness is to wellness what womanness is to feminist, mm. right? So it's recognizing our brownness. It's recognizing the intersectionality of our experiences of race, class, gender, and all the other things in this wholeness journey. And also the history of what we have to do to be well in order to become whole or to be whole in order to become well, however you want to look at it. But I celebrate you for being at the forefront of these conversations and directing a generation to embrace it and for it to be cool and for it to be accessible and for it to be necessary and uncompromising. So kudos to you. Mm, well, I appreciate that more than you know. Thank you so much. And I mean, I think that the work like you're doing with with Brown Girl Jane in terms of giving us tools to help us also be whole is so critically important. And I just, oh, that that idea of wholeness versus wellness is something that I'm like, okay, that's really gonna, that's really gonna stick with me because that is mm -hmm. so entirely beautiful. And I think so much of what has happened in our community is these systems of oppression that folks are, you know, finally waking up to and that are being challenged like never before. They were designed to prevent our wholeness and us promoting our wholeness with one another is major. You just said it all. I mean, it's just exactly that. So we have to, we have to reframe the conversation. We have to reframe our thinking and our approach to it too, because we have to go down to the foundation here, right? So there has to be, and, and, and this is a negative thing. I, I've often said that my breakdowns have led to my breakthroughs. So even like right now in this place that we're in right now, while we're suffering and it's painful and it's uneasy and we're struggling and lives are, you know, being challenged and lost. You know, we have to be intentional about allowing this time and, and recognizing this time as an opportunity for these breakdowns to lead to our breakthroughs and dismantling the systems that have not worked for us. They haven't worked. So you can't build on top of a broken system. That's the same thing and that's true for our bodies. So if you're externally going out here and hiking every day, like I like to, if you're going out and hiking every single day, but you're eating like shit, 
I mean, one doesn't fuel the other. So you have to dismantle a lot of the practices and the belief systems and the mindset and the way of being and, and challenge your behaviors in order to get to the wholeness. And it's an inner outer thing. And that's what we say at Brown Girl Jane is what are you putting in to manifest that outward? And that's where the tinctures and the wellness practice and what's in your toolkit of CBD is supportive of that, right? CBD literally is an anti-inflammatory, right? And so if you're bloated on the inside, you can't, you can't find that peace. So you gotta, you have to arrest that. You have to get to a place of like equilibrium and peace in order to then go out into the world so you can show up and be your most authentic, fabulous, powerful, fulfilled, dynamic, badass self. We want to do that. We want to encourage you to do that. And that's, that's why we're here. Yes, absolutely. And I would love to talk about Brown Girl Jane more. I think folks who maybe follow me on Instagram have seen my Instagram stories, see that I'm constantly talking about Brown Girl Jane because I do genuinely love the products. Like you were talking about the sleep tincture, my jam. I love it. The balance, the intimate oil. I love it all. And when I first learned about Brown Girl Jane earlier this year, I had connected with Nia and she had reached out and just said, you know, my sister and I are launching this brand, you know, would love to connect and, and talk more. That was how it was introduced to me. And when I saw that email from her and went and checked out the website and checked out the socials, I was like, this, this is what I have been looking for this whole time. This is exactly it. I've had, you know, being a former fitness blogger and podcaster, I have CBD companies reach out to me all the time. I have followers recommend what CBD should they use. And I never felt comfortable partnering with any of those organizations. Mm. And for me specifically, when it comes to the cannabis industry, I just had a really, really hard time promoting white owned companies in that industry. It just, Mm -hmm. from a value Mm -hmm. standpoint, just did not sit well with me, but also feeling like a a company understood me, understood why I would be interested in their products. And I feel like that's what Brown Girl Jane is. So I would love to hear more about your introduction to Brown Girl Jane, your introduction to CBD and how it has impacted your wholeness journey as well. Oh my gosh. Oh, good. Well, first of all, thank you. I'm so excited. We have to get you the glow serum if you haven't. Oh, I haven't tried that's that our, one yet. That's our, yeah, this is this is our new hero product. Oh, yes. It, it can be used as a tincture because it's um, food grade as well, but it's the only thing I use on my skin. So I wash my face on my three-step cleansing process, which I do in the morning and in the evening. The only other thing I use is SPF. So this has replaced my moisturizer, but it can be used as a booster for your moisturizer. It can be used on your cuticles. I can use it on my scalp because I have these braids on my scalp. It's so dry. Um, so we have to get you that. And I'm just happy that you love the brand. I mean, that's, that's who we are. So Malika and I went to college together. So, you know, the three of us are all Spelman College alum. I wasn't there when Nia was there. I had left, but Malika and I were there at the same time. So I knew Malika from school. And we were reconnected through one of Nia's best friends, who's one of my little sisters from Spelman as well, Bridget Ogie, who I absolutely adore. And Bridget was like, you know, Malika and Nia are launching this company and they want to send you some products to see what you think. Now, let me just tell you this. At this time, I was legitimately crazy. I just finished shooting the travel show. I was giving up my apartment in LA because I thought I was going to move back to New York. I was flying to Qatar. I was shooting in D.C., just a lot of things. I wasn't sleeping. And I was actually going through this very crazy time in my life. I was literally going through this transition for about three years. 
I was anxious. I had moments of depression. That's where hiking came in for me because hiking just really helped to heal my spirit and praying and meditation came in for me. And they sent me the product and I had just gotten to New York from DC and was going to Qatar or I was going to Qatar. So I got it before I went to Qatar because I took it with me to Qatar. And so I wasn't sleeping. I say all this to say that I wasn't sleeping. And I, I started trying to sleep and I was getting the best sleep and I was jet lagged by all these hours. And I was like, Oh God, this is like for real good. Like, what is this now? I had been exposed to CBD before, but I had also done THC. Like, you know, I live in LA. So it was like the whole plant. (laughs) So I wasn't necessarily doing it just for my wellness. (laughs) I was like, okay, I tried it. And then I tried to sleep. Then when I got back to New York, again, time zone. So I started the balance and I was like, oh my God, after literally four days, I started to just feel a lot more mellow. And my personality is pretty chill. I'm pretty laid back. But I'm a personality too, so I have to turn things up and down. But I like to operate from this place. And I started to feel better. I started to sleep better. I was able to exercise more. I felt like a lot more alert and a lot more organized. And so then we started talking and she was like, well, you know, uh, we would love for you to consider like this and this. And how about we consider this? What's the plan for this business? I said, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. Like, what can I like? And so then it just made sense. So that was in December when I got the product. By the end of January, we were taking meetings to figure out what a partnership might look like. And I probably like, you know, bulldozed my way into the, <laughs> into the business. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, but I was like, I was like, I kind of went in, especially because my mission, as I said, my purpose in life is to inspire, empower, and enlighten women, especially women of color. And I felt like this was a missing link for me. And if it was a missing link for me, even if other people hadn't gotten to my place of the fitness and the health and the spiritual and that practice, this could be a missing link and a trigger and an inspiration and a conduit for them. And so, yeah, now I'm co-founder and CBO. We officially announced it in April, but I have been working with them since end of January. Like I didn't, I, I didn't delay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I love that though, because I think it totally relates to what we were talking about at the beginning of the conversation with that. Why that was, that was your why in action. No, exactly. And I didn't even think about it that way, but it was like, it just, it made so much sense for us and for them. And also I think, you know, going back to the brand and, and Brown Girl Jane and who Malika and Nia visioned us to be as a tribe it was about sisterhood and community, which we all share. I mean, they're biological sisters, but being in this Spelman ethos, you understand the power of sisterhood. So our values, you know, were really aligned. Our values around recognizing that we're not just here to, to, to serve ourselves. This is not simply a commercial proposition. This is a communal proposition. This is a communal and social impact proposition that we're very de- much dedicated to from a brand perspective, but also our give back perspective. And Nia, you know, having all of the expertise that she does in philanthropy has been very intentional about setting a strategy for us where, to your point, where you didn't want to support white-owned CBD companies because you know that our brothers and our sisters, you know, are in jail right now. We wanted to be a part of that solution. So we want to be in the business of creating access for our community to this. We want to be examples for people who want to go into the CBD. We don't have to be the only ones and we're not. 
you know, there are other people, we celebrate undefined beauty, we celebrate us being in this industry, but we also have give back where a portion of every sale goes to support women with mental health issues and or the criminalization of black and brown people who have been incarcerated or criminalized because of, of cannabis and marijuana. Um, all of that. I just want to like retweet. You also say, <laughs> boom, <laughs> boom. Yes. I love it so much as especially in talking about just wanting to support others and also wanting other people to succeed. There's so much, there's so much room for that. And I actually think the more of us that succeed, especially in this space, the better, right? I've had conversations with folks who have said things like, oh, you have a podcast, you do content about black women in wellness. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, okay, well, so does so-and-so. And And I'm like, that's awesome. Great. Like, let's all do it. We don't have people questioning how many, you know, white girls are on Instagram talking about yoga. No one says to them, oh, that other white girl talks about yoga too, but that's only reserved for us. And the more of us that are in it, the better. Going to take just a quick pause from our conversation with the ladies of Brown Girl Jane to hear from our episode sponsor, Cantu Beauty. While spending more time at home, I have been giving my hair time to just chill. I've, of course, been shampooing and conditioning it weekly, adding Cantu Shea Butter Leave In Repairing Conditioner and Coconut Curl Cream from their natural hair collection to moisturize. And what I've been doing was either keeping it up in a bun or a protective pineapple or in mini twists to keep it protected. And my hair has been so healthy since doing that. The other day when washing my hair, I decided I wanted to take a break from twists and from manipulating the texture, and I went back to my usual wash and go, this time using the Shea Butter Leave-In and the Coconut Curl Cream as my stylers, and I loved the results. So I applied them both to my hair section by section, and my hair was feeling really conditioned and defined, but it wasn't weighed down, which was especially great because these days your girl needs a haircut it's very easy for the curls to get weighed down while they're kind of long and heavy but it just turned out great I was so happy with the results so when it's time to stock up on hair goodies make sure you pick up the Cantu natural hair collection on your next Walmart trip or at walmart.com now let's jump back into the interview I think, you know, we, we can't operate from a scarcity mentality. And unfortunately, when we talk about systems of oppression that have permeated our community and the very existence of who we are as black and brown people, but especially black people here in the, in the, in the country, you know, that goes back to slavery times. Mm -hmm. It was always about scarcity. And so we have to be, as we're intentional about saying her name, as we're intentional about, you know, defunding the police, as we're intentional about protesting and standing, we have to be intentional about shifting our mindsets and these institutionalized and oppressed mindsets that were created by the systems in order to keep us in a certain place. And so Mm -hmm. that will keep us as a community without the wealth creation that needs to actually happen in our community for us to advance. That will keep us in a place of stagnancy where we won't create legacy that is long lasting so that they're you know, your brothers, your sisters, your grandkids have wealth creation. We have to learn to operate from a mindset of abundance. That starts with us. 
right? And so if I believe for me personally that God in the universe has created abundance for me to manifest in this, in this life, in that abundance, now I have the opportunity to give and to support Brown Girl Jane and Malaika and Mia and my seven godchildren and my friends. You know, so it's really, we have to deconstruct all of the systems that don't work for us. But we have to recognize that those systems are not just merely institutions that exist in a tangible way. It's a mindset. Yeah. It's the way that we think. And so I celebrate you for recognizing that absolutely you can do it. Absolutely she can do it. And you know what? We want her to do it. Yeah. Because that we create the ecosystem and the economy of, of wealth, not only in terms of financial capital, but wealth in terms of the exposure of this thinking to the community that we're all trying to reach. Yeah. You know, some, some, someone might not listen to less the same way that they're listening to whomever. Brianna, who's talking about health and wellness over here, or Tracy, who's talking about health. We need every Black girl who believes that is her ethos and that is her why and why she's there to do it, to do it. Yep. Because the way that you do it is going to reach someone different. Yep. I believe in that ripple effect. And I want to be an example. And I know that Malika, Nia, and I share that that sentiment. I mean, what's been so cool is like people like Mary Pryor and Dorian, there are moments of of alliance and allegiance. You know, I think about all of the women entrepreneurs I celebrate, Melissa Butler, Morgan Debon, Nicole Annell, like, you know, these are Karen Civil, you know, who I was just hiking with the other day. These are people I text with. Lisa Price, who's my big sister, right? Like we have to be intentional about supporting one another. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I feel like our community, Black women, young Black girls deserve to see endless examples of who they want to learn from and who they want to be, not just one or two that (laughs) defeat the point. I agree. I agree. Professionally, you know, when I was speaking on another podcast earlier with Elisa Licht of Leave Your Mark, who I've known for many years and she was reading my bio and she was like, yeah, so you were the first black beauty director at 17 magazine and the youngest in history at the time. And I was like, yeah, I didn't like being the only, you know, I had Tia Williams who was alongside me. She became beauty director later at YM, I think, but there were very few of us. There, there is nothing, there's nothing sexy or cool about being the only in our divine uniqueness. We're already an only. I'm cool with being that only. Mm-hmm. And I want to be the only for my husband. That's the other only I see. <laughs> um, but aside from that, <laughs> aside from that, I don't really need to be anyone's only. Yeah. You know, I, I don't need to be anyone's only. And that's the other thing that's divine about the relationship with Malika and Nia and Brown Girl Jane. Having been an entrepreneur for so long, I literally, as I was going through this season of transformation, was praying for partnership partnership in business and in life because I was tired of leaving leading the business by myself and he sent me two he didn't send me one partner he sent me two partners <laughs> and each of them is more dynamic than the other and so partnership for me was essential too which is also goes back to the idea of not wanting to be the only yeah oh, I love that not wanting to be the only because in my experiences in spaces where I've been the only, which is, you know, jobs, I've worked at companies where I was the only black employee before. My only experiences being the only were very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. <laughs> very uncomfortable yeah. and not, not enjoyable. And it, it doesn't really create a good experience for anybody. And so just that abundance and that, that sense of community is so important. 
that tribe, you know, we, we're always going to be stronger in a, in a more dynamic force when we, when we lock arms and stand shoulder to shoulder with people who are like-minded. So again, going back to how do we fix our minds and our psyche and our spirits to be aligned is, is obviously most important. So, yeah. Could not agree more. So Ty, I know we've touched on it a little bit. I would love to talk a bit more about the ways that you take care of yourself and the ways that you pour into yourself and what your wholeness looks like. (laughs) Well, I am less, let me just tell you, I am so selfful and unapologetically selfful. Yes. I prioritize me and I encourage the people around me to prioritize themselves. So my spiritual alignment is the first and foremost. I pray and meditate every single day. And working out has become a part of my worship. So I enjoy working out. I train probably six times a week. I hike between five and six times a week. And I also know when to say no. That's the other thing, learning to say no to things that didn't serve me or don't work for me. I also prioritize the people and the things in my life that bring me joy and happiness. And if you don't bring me joy and happiness, then you're probably not in my life. And I lean into them and I do so unapologetically. I also realize though that there is a piece of my life that affords a great luxury and privilege because unlike my my co-founders, and we talk about this all the time and we joke and you should probably ask that when you talk to them, we joke about it like they're like Ty's working out again. I don't I don't have children and I don't have a husband yet, right? So I don't have those things yet. So it allows me and affords me a different level of selfness that I can embrace. And I recognize that. But I also know that like in my dating life and, you know, who knows, I may have met my husband already. I am very intentional and clear about what I need to do for me. And I also give license and other people the permission to do the same. So, you know, if there's a team member who is not feeling well, I'm like, darling, Go take care of yourself. If, you know, Malaika and Nia say this to me all the time, like I wasn't feeling well when she's like, you need to rest. You've been like going at light speed. Perfect. And I give license to other people to do that. So I think that that's also a great reminder to myself. Are you doing that for yourself? Honor yourself. Mm, Yes, to all of that. I mean, honoring yourself, giving space and grace to honor others and and allow others to, to be able to step in when needed. But also I loved what you said about saying no. I think no is something that can be so hard for folks Mm -hmm. and knowing when to lovingly say no can just be such a beautiful act of self-care. It is a huge act of self-care. And I also like, you know, I, I, I love, a great massage, which I try and get once a month. I love a great bottle of champagne, which I probably do more often than I should. (laughs) (laughs) It's balance. (laughs) There are those tangible things. And then I, I'm very mindful, even like when I use the Brown Girl Jane tinctures, like, so when I do balance in the morning, I'm very mindful of the act. And I think taking those times to be super present in the moment is also a form of self-love and self-care. Because when you choose to be in the moment and present at any given time, you recognize the amazing blessing that that moment is. And I'm certainly, I, I don't practice yoga. I don't practice, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm not, I'm saying that to say that I'm not the person that's like, you know, but I want to find those moments of presence and 
be very intentional in those moments. And that brings me back to a place. So like, I'm looking at you right now and I'm looking at your gorgeous eyebrows and <laughs> your big brown eyes and I'm being present in this moment. And that centers me, you know, that's, that's the part of the centering process. Mm, thank you. Yes. That's beautiful. Learning how to be present is, I mean, something I know that I'm still learning, but over the past year specifically have had a lot of lessons around, especially around doing things that, you know, I may not like, or things that feel administrative Mm. or tasky or, you know, those things that we don't love. And I think, how can I, how can I create a better experience about this? You know, if I turn on a playlist, I like, while I do that admin stuff, it's a better experience. Like what can I do to make feeling present in that moment feel better yeah. has been kind of how I've started reframing some of that, which has been so helpful. But I agree that, that being present is huge. Yeah. It takes the pressure off of being so anxious about tomorrow, being so anxious about the next day. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a gospel song that says that I know who holds my tomorrow. If you can let go sometimes of the need and we have this, I think, especially as black women, because if, honestly, if we didn't control our environments, we didn't know what the hell was going to happen, right? Yep. So so our desire for control, again, is one of those other systemic kind of like ideologies that we've adopted and adapted out of need. And because we were taught, like we needed to control because if we didn't control it, something crazy could happen. But if we reframe our thinking around that, and I was talking about this before, it's like learning to be attached to those things which require attachment mm-hmm. and that honor a greater attachment by, I mean, greater attachment. I'm using my arm as I point up <laughs> to the side and realize it's a podcast so people can't see me. Um, so let me change that. If, if we remind ourselves what our greatest attachment is, our greatest attachment being that to God, the universe, however, Allah, Yahweh, Elohim, Jesus, whomever. Mm-hmm. whatever you call her, if that is our greatest attachment, everything else that we're trying to be attached to really becomes something that's not a direct line to where we are meant to be. Yeah. And so learning to be yeah. detached from those things, but attached to the ultimate thing creates a different level of security in your space. It's not easy. I'm not preaching because I'm learning this every single day and I'm trying to improve my behaviors around it. But COVID taught me that too. People ask me, like, what was the greatest thing you learned during COVID? I don't need a lot of this shit. I thought I need it. Actually, I don't need most of it. I moved during COVID. I was staying on a friend's couch for two months during COVID. I was wearing leggings and sports bras because I live in LA. (laughs) I've had a fabulous collection of amazing designer clothes. I don't need them. I like them. They're nice to have, but they're not necessary. I moved into a new place with no furniture. The furniture is coming bit by bit, day by day. I don't need So you become less attached to those things or you become intentionally detached from those things in order to create the ultimate attachment to the creator. Oh gosh, I have chills from that. I love it. And I I feel like I've definitely during this time learned a very similar lesson. I used to be very attached to the busy, very attached to constantly being out Mm. and doing things and learning how to detach from finding fulfillment in being busy has been huge during this time. Mm-hmm. And being attached to busy too is, is just the ultimate distraction in some ways from us being connected to our own internal superpower. Yep. And I think a lot of us also 
like to be busy because it takes us away from thinking about some of the things that require real work. Ooh, ain't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I, I, COVID, COVID has been, you know, and I call it the pandolution. <laughs> COVID has been an amazing teacher and an amazing professor and also a great revealer too of some things that needed to come to surface in a, in a profound way in order for us all to heal and to get better and to make some real changes. So Absolutely. The stillness yeah. we needed. <laughs> Absolutely. Ty, thank you so much for this conversation. I've just loved talking to you. Before we go, I have to ask, it's always my favorite question. That oh, okay, is, um, okay. <laughs> what does being a balanced Black girl mean to you? Being a balanced Black girl, it means living life in alignment with harmony. It doesn't mean perfection. It means having some real messed up times and issues, but choosing to be intentional about getting back on the bandwagon to manifest like what I think I'm called here to do. My why. Mm. Oh, beautiful. I ba- my balance is my why. Yeah. I, I love how that came totally full circle because that was where we started the conversation and it just ended right back there. Thank you so much. So for our listeners, how can they stay in touch with what's going on with Brown Girl Jane? What do we have to look forward to? How can we stay in touch with you? Wonderful. So here's what we got. A couple things. First and foremost, follow us on IG um, at it's I-T-S Brown Girl Jane. Sign up for our newsletter um, on our website at www.browngirljane.com. There we offer uh, unique deals and discount codes that you won't see online. I mean, I'm sorry, on um, social media. So you definitely want to do that. You can follow me at Taibo, T-A-I-B-E-A-U. And, you know, also we have the Brown Girl Pledge, the Brown Girl Swap Pledge. So during this time, we launched an initiative to bring more awareness to other uh, in the spirit of sisterhood and the spirit of community and the spirit of tribe to bring awareness to other black women owned beauty and wellness brands. And so we're asking the community at large to swap some of their existing wellness and beauty products to swap five of their beauty and wellness products for ones owned by black women. And so you can find out more at Brown Girl Swap on IG about that and just share and try our products. I mean, really for us, First, it starts with community. That's our brand messaging, our ethos, and what we do. I would love to invite you on, you good sis, which is our twice weekly. I I would love to have you on, Les. I want to have you on. I would love to be there. Yep, I'm down. Perfect. So we're (laughs) gonna we're gonna figure that out. I would love to have a conversation with you so that I can hear more of your story. You can share who you are with our community. Yeah, but but stay connected and and know that we are here for you. We're really we we walk we walk this. We don't talk this. We walk this. You might hear it, but we walk it. So, yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much. We'll have all of that information linked in the show notes where folks can follow Brown Girl Jane, where they can sign up for the newsletter, where they can follow you. Thank you so much, Ty. I loved this conversation. Your energy is so amazing. I'm like obsessed. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. So nice to meet thank you. you. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Balanced Black Girl Podcast. I hope this conversation helped inspire you on your own personal self-care and well-being journey. 
To continue the conversation, make sure you check out our website at balanceblackgirl.com where you can find show notes and more information about each of our episodes. And you can stay in touch with us at Balance Black Girl Podcast on Instagram, at Balance Black Girl on Facebook. And if you haven't done so already, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really, really helps the show. Thanks again for tuning in and keep taking care.